Welcome to Philanthropy Today, a podcast about the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation. Together, we'll learn about the goals of the GMCF and the work of its staff, board members, and trustees. You'll hear about the GMCF's affiliate partners throughout North Central Kansas, and we'll also explore the efforts of area nonprofit agencies, their staff, and volunteers. Now, here's your host of Philanthropy Today, Dave Lewis. The Greater Manhattan Community Foundation sponsors a weekly program on News Radio KMAN. It airs Monday at 10 a.m. and focuses on the Foundation's efforts, our nonprofit organizations, and people that make Manhattan a better place to live. On a recent episode of the GMCF Community Hour, I got the chance to visit with C. Clyde Jones, who's been involved in the community since coming to K State in 1960. C. Clyde was the first dean of the K State Business College and has been involved in countless organizations since. On June 17th, the K-State College of Business Administration hosted a celebration in recognition of C. Clyde Jones' upcoming 100th birthday, and we are fortunate to have him join us on the GMCF Community Hour after his party. Here's that portion of the broadcast, courtesy KMAN Radio. Every time this guest comes in, we set a new record for the oldest guest I've ever had on the radio or <laughs> on the show. See, Clyde Jones, good morning, sir. Well, good morning to you, my friend Dave. Yeah, you're looking chipper. Hey. I'm top of the world, believe uh-huh. you. Top of the world. See, Clyde, you're one of the first uh, people I know that would admit on the air that you're a friend of Dave's, but uh, we'll take that uh, for a good thing. So, <laughs> Well, I appreciate you having me today. It, it, uh, a lot of people didn't think I'd make it out of bed this morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did have quite a weekend. Oh, it was absolutely wonderful, though. It was what I call mind-blowing. Uh-huh. Dave, I had 30... Five out of town, out of state, uh, even a couple of people from Sweden. But I, I had family from all over the United States who flew in here for the weekend. And uh, I, I had Friday with them and then Saturday. And some of them were still around on Sunday morning. In fact, most of them were still around Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. So I've had an unbelievable weekend. Well, I mean, just to have all of your family together must have been just wonderfully satisfying for you well it 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 was i i had people there that hadn't seen for quite a while Mm -hmm. yeah yeah well let's see you you don't officially turn 100 until december december 21 and it's in my calendar look out for that blast (laughs) okay all right well why what was now you over the last how how many years now have you been doing half birthday parties I had my first half birthday party was in June of 2016. Okay, so this Actually, like all on June 21st that year. Okay, and we haven't been able to stick to the 21st of June every year, but I've had a half year party mm-hmm. uh, since June of 2016. Um, Coach Snyder one time was making a public address to a group, and uh, I don't even know why my name came up, but he said, "Well, you know, Clyde has two birthday parties a year because he doesn't know how many more he's going <laughs> to." <laughs> are, are you going to go quarterly now? <laughs> well, that's been suggested. <laughs> I can't afford the budget it. accordingly. <laughs> I can't afford it for that. <laughs> well, you throw a pretty good party. However often you do it, you do you throw a heck of a party. Well, I, I have absolutely loved being able to see friends. Uh, as you probably are aware, I had 250 to 300 at each of my parties over the last sure. Well, what's that? Six years? Yeah. Good heavens. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I just love being able to see my friends. Yeah. 
And some folks come to those parties that I haven't seen for another year. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if uh, the, the crew that was there Friday afternoon at the business administration uh, building on campus, but uh, there were a lot of folks there. Some of them even dressed up for you. <laughs> they did. I know. And then I'm yeah. sitting there uh, not wearing a coat and tie, feeling very guilty. No, you shouldn't have felt guilty at all. You should have felt comfortable. Well, and I, and I was. Yeah. Um, the the, um, the fact that I had people showing up again, a couple from Sweden were there Friday mm-hmm. afternoon, and then a dear friend of mine from Lakeland, Florida flew in and was there. And uh, once again, if, if my grandson in Tacoma, Washington hadn't caught COVID, mm-hmm. I would have had him from East Coast, West Coast, Minnesota, Texas. Yeah. That pretty much covers the state. That's quite a legacy there, Clyde. Well, Idaho. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, the comments that were made, there was about a, what, a half-hour program for you on Friday. Are they available for people to see now? Well, um, I think so, but I'm not absolutely certain. All right. The College of Business theoretically had that recorded. Okay. I was supposed to be able to. I know there was a camera there. Well, I was supposed to be able to look at that on Facebook or their Facebook page, and I couldn't find it. Okay. All right. But I I don't know my way around social media. You don't know your way around social media. Oh, my eye. (laughs) (laughs) You, You are like a social media guru. A well, king. You even introduced me to new social media. Well, I know. And you and I had a, a uh, Marco Polo exchange. Yeah. I love him. And, and Vernon, are you familiar with Marco Polo? I, I am, yes. Yeah. And you use it with your grandkids? <laughs> well, you should. <laughs> I know. And and this, you know, this is just something that Clyde and I just, you know, every once in a while check in with each other. And we just enjoy that. It's a wonderful vehicle. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, it's I, I like video chats directly where they're interactive. Right. But Marco Polo has the great advantage. You can watch it later when you have time. Okay. So it re- really is great. Good, good. Well, let's talk a bit about um, a couple of things. Uh, we have you here on the GMCF Community Hour. Um, philanthropy has been uh, something for you that has been very, very important for a long time. Even before you came to K-State in 1960, let's talk a bit about uh, what inspires you to to give and and how you got started and, and some of the projects and efforts that you've been involved in. Well, I, I, I want to tell you that even though I did make contributions to United Funds and United Way and, and uh from the time, I guess, uh, Midge and I were married in 1948, and we always budgeted some of our, at that time, scarce income mm-hmm. for the church and for philanthropy. Mm-hmm. It, it always had a top of the budget list. In other words, we took that out first. And why the satisfaction of helping other people has become one of the greatest blessings of my life, just knowing that somebody benefits and and, uh, i didn't realize at the time but making a difference became terribly important to me and uh again i didn't realize at the time that that's why i was doing it well you made a a difference in a lot of respects you know out you know in philanthropy and i guess you can tie in what the work that you did in helping build uh, what was in k-state stadium well uh, yeah that was an interesting one and uh 
the story really doesn't get told very much about building that stadium. A lot of people are not even aware of the role that I played in that, but I was chair of the university's intercollegiate athletic council at that time and in uh, 2017 uh, I, i'm sorry my, my dates are terribly that was just five years ago i think we're going back a little ways <laughs> yeah, yeah well and i i want to digress here for a tech and tell you that two months ago i had a terrible fall i fell over backwards mm -hmm. and hit the back of my head on a tile floor and it has affected my memory and my you know every now and then i, I mess up with a date like that mm -hmm. but i'm talking 1967 we decided we had to replace old memorial stadium mm -hmm. a lot of folks don't know that that had a seating capacity of fifteen thousand, and they could add bleachers and bring it up to 22.5 when nebraska came to whoa town. whoa okay and um we uh, Doug Weaver had been our football coach from I guess he started in '60, and uh, Vince Gibson came in '67. And a lot of people think that Vince Gibson, we're going to win. Vince Gibson was the one who got the stadium built, but we had everything planned. In fact, recruiting him was easier because we had plans for the new stadium. Gotcha. Uh, the, the absolutely amazing thing about that stadium is where it's located. That land belonged to the agricultural research people. They actually used it for crops. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had an engineer, John Fraser from Topeka, who had gone to Albuquerque, New Mexico, and looked at the what they call the pit down there. And they had built that basketball arena on grade. They hollowed out an area and poured reinforced concrete on grade and put the seats on that concrete. He came back and said, this is what we need to do, and there's the place we need to do it. <clears throat> well, of course, I went to the vice president of agriculture and said, hey, we need that land. What could we give you for it? You can't have it. Well... I really believe I had a stroke of genius. I went down to Ashland Bottoms, Rickdale Creek Road, purchased 160 acres of prime farmland, donated that to the College of Agriculture for their research. They were delighted to give up our 12 acres. That's great land, isn't it? That's great land for doing crop research. And, and by building that with that reinforced concrete on grade, we built 34,000 seats for $1.6 million. No one believes that. You can't even buy the bleachers for that anymore. <laughs> well, Wichita State had an yeah. expansion on their steel frame, and they spent $20 million to add a few seats. Hmm. The steel frame stuff is very expensive. And, and by the way, that reinforced concrete is still sitting there today. The east side and west side seats are still on. Now, the seats have been replaced probably four times, but the concrete base for those seats is still sitting there. The unfortunate thing about today is we're a little, we're a little bit limited on time. So let's talk about Shepherd's Crossing. Yes. How the did love, you become inspired to, to get involved of, in that? The love of my life. Outside of mentioning your family, obviously, but yeah. <laughs> well, it's my passion. I'll yes. put it that way. Yeah, I got started in that. It, it opened up in April of 2001, and I became a counselor in September 2001. So I didn't really mm. get started, mm -hmm. but I get, joined them very soon after they started. I worked as a counselor, uh, well, till actually uh, 2005. 
when I became a grant writer and, and a uh, fundraiser for them, decided my value to the organization was greater raising money than it was counseling. So uh, I, I've just enjoyed so much working with them. Mm -hmm. Well, you've created, um, uh, you know, you've done an awful lot in raising money for Shepherd's Crossing and creating opportunities for a lot of people that, that need help and uh, has become, you know, something very, very nice here. Um, you also have your C. Clyde fun run and midges mile coming up in september oh yeah september 17th this year we're doing something different we're holding it at old memorial stadium for example is different oh and secondly we're doing it on a football home day k-state plays tulane and we, we kept our fingers crossed hoping they wouldn't have an 11 o'clock right. football start right. at 2 p.m it just works out so nice beautifully out people can come take part in the run and still go to the football game one other thing that i want to talk to you about and uh you know I'd asked Vern this question uh, about, you know, your age and your engagement in Rotary. Um, Rotary has been something that you've been very, very passionate about as well uh, because of the work that Rotary has done throughout the world. A past district governor, club president, you helped start the Cons of Rotary Club here in Manhattan some 25 years ago. What do you like about Rotary? Service above self. The, 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 uh, theme song of Rotary is service above self or service to others. And uh, that, let me confess, though, that uh, I joined in 1958, mm -hmm. and it wasn't until I moved out here to Manhattan in 1960 that I understood what Rotary was about. And uh, I became involved with the United Way, which at that time was a community chest, and uh, Red Cross. I, I went on boards of directors and, and got heavily involved with other organizations and uh, was involved actually from almost from day one with what at that time was the Community Foundation, which is now the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation. Well, service above self is your legacy, uh, among other things great birthday parties too uh, but uh uh anything that you would like to add if you are uh like to say something to to our listeners this morning well something that i said uh, friday at that uh, college of business party i'm sure i've had at least 10 opportunities to leave k-state and manhattan to work at other places I have never felt anything, however, that would attract me because every time I go on an interview or something, I look out and say, hey, I've got the best place on earth to work, the best people to work with. And I, I, I just have had no desire to leave. And a lot of people, you know, move away from Manhattan when they retire. I retired in 1986. Midge and I said, nope. We'll take the seasons. We love Manhattan. This is a place we raised our family. We're going to stay here. And I, I, I literally have said, I'm going to die in Manhattan, Kansas. Well, we're thrilled to have you as long as we have you here in Manhattan. Thank you for joining us here on the show today. And and uh, uh, I guess it's okay to say, you know, a belated happy birthday at 99 and a half. <laughs> Well, absolutely. In fact, I'm going to celebrate the rest of the next six months. I bet you will. I bet you will. We hope you enjoyed hearing about C. Clyde Jones. Here at the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation, we're thrilled he continues to take such an active role in making this city so special. Thank you, Dr. Jones, and happy birthday. And we wish you not only more birthdays, but also 
a lot more half-birthday parties too. Keep up with Philanthropy Today by following or subscribing to our podcast on your favorite apps. To learn more about the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation, visit our website at mcfks.org. Philanthropy Today is produced by Ad AdAstraCast. Follow us online at AdAstraCast.com.